What would you do if we poked you in the axiom? The purpose, to ask questions and engage in dialogue about subjects that we call axioms. An axiom. A statement or proposition which is regarded as being established, accepted, or self-evidently true. These are the underpinnings of our thought, our belief, and the ways that we live out our lives. A question. An examination to determine the validity and or meaning. Dialogue. The process of determination. The process of our examination. Welcome. Welcome to What Would You Do If We Poked You in the Axiom? My name is Malcolm Fowler, and to my right... Mike Dion. And to my left... Thomas Barton. This is episode number four on good and evil, which is now a record for us. I mean, not that it's not that anybody's taking notice here, but <laughs> but is now a record for us because in our in our other axioms we have done three episodes because that's that's where we felt like that's where it led us to is is three episodes. And uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, we're not always the most well what's the word, outlined on these things, on, on where we go. But we think that that's part of our charm. We think part of our charm is that, is that we're willing to, willing to talk about these, these subjects and just see where it goes. Uh, and so, so here we are. We are on episode four of, of Good and Evil, on the axiom of good and evil. And, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to continue on, on today and, and see where it is that we can go. Our last time, uh, if you're listening along with us, you'll remember that we, we pinned ourselves down and we... And we, we wrote down some definitions. We shared some definitions with one another, and we took some time to, to examine those. And so uh, myself and Thomas, we shared our definitions, and Mike shared his definition as well, but we didn't necessarily feel like we gave enough time to Mike and his definition. And so, so to begin our episode this, this time around, we're going, to, we're going to return to Mike's definition for, for a portion of time as we see where our conversation will take us today. So, Mike, do you want to uh, do you want to share your definition in get, your get ready to poke some holes in it? In your wonderfully <laughs> rambling Mikeish style. Yes. All right. Uh, get a stopwatch out. Um, so basically I had had tried to distill what I believed good and evil down to uh, good being that which is intended toward uh, a true blessing, and I am modifying that now a little bit with the word true, um, which we can come back to, and evil is that which is uh, typically selfishly driven toward uh, trauma for another. That's, uh, yeah. I'm writing it down. Oh, you're writing it down? Uh, See, I I like being able to, like, modify it as I go. See, we just gave him another week, and he decided to be sneaky. (laughs) Throw the word true in there. Well, yeah, so I guess kind of coming back to some of the things we talked about last week, um, you know, we had had tried to get at the intention behind, you know, is it good if somebody is intending to bless you but they're doing something that hurts you mm. uh, or if you're, you're intending to bless someone else but you're actually doing something that, that truly ultimately hurts them, uh, is it still good? You know, uh, Thomas, you had, uh, you had mentioned – the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't know why it took a second to get that out of my brain. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I think there's, a, there's some validity to that, that a good intention doesn't necessarily mean that you're aiming towards a true blessing. I mean, <clears throat> I think what we're seeing here is the interplay of intention and the actual result of our actions. Mm. And that there is 
a link between these these two things that the state of state of mind we have when we act is important to the action itself and that if if you commit a good deed with evil intent does it remain good i guess there's a there's a question there that is 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 good a static thing you know like if I don't know if giving Malcolm a new car is a good thing. Congratulations, Malcolm. Uh, <laughs> Yay. But I do it with bad intentions. Is it the thing? Like, is that, is that thing still good? I mean, did you cut the brakes? Maybe. <laughs> <Was that what>? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but like if, if I, if I did that so that Malcolm will feel like he owes me, and now, uh, you know, I can get a stranglehold on on what goes on at Calvary Baptist. You, know? you get to blackmail me in some way. Yeah. Now yeah, I, I would say blackmail. that's definitely not a good deed. Okay. But is the is the well, when so does it not like, become a good deed? When he tries to when he tries to exercise the the power because of it. Well, for him, it was obviously never a good deed. Right. So yeah. then it's just it's it's not until it gets revealed. Yeah. So is the are deeds ever good or evil? I I mean I have some I have some thoughts on that but before so let's come back to your yeah, definition po- for a second it. yeah yeah rip it to shreds let's come back to the de- definition for a second so the good is that which that how how was it you said true blessing was the was the end result of it right like tr- right it's, true blessing it's intended toward true blessing intended towards true blessing yep so you're meaning actions that are intended toward true blessing I mean I guess I'm, I'm essentially outlining intent that is in conjunction with actions. I, I can't really yeah. see it in the no, other No, no, that's, that's yeah. part of why we write a definition because we're trying to understand the thing itself, right? Yeah. So, so there's, there's, some, there's an action that has an intent towards true blessing. So there's a relationship aspect there, correct? Is this, Between or the, this, the person who's acting and the person who's receiving? I or? guess so, yeah. Who's receiving the blessing? Who's doing the acting? Who's doing the receiving? Um, what do you mean by relationship? Like they have to know each other, or just like they, uh, there has to be some form of interaction? Yeah, I guess I guess that's what I mean. That there has to be some form of interaction. Yeah, yeah, I would say. I mean, it, it would be impossible for me to do anything good or evil for Thomas without trying to do something for Thomas. I guess. <laughs> I mean, can good be expressed in any other way but action? For us, I don't know. I could um, wish you warm and well fed again. Right. <laughs> Thoughts right. and prayers. Yeah. I think it's how we know it. I mean, I think that I think we. No, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step back from that for a second. I think that I think there are some actions that we look at, and like Mike's example with the car thing, right? Like, I think there are some actions that we look at, and we assume that they're either good or bad, and then there are some that we probably don't give a whole lot of thought to. And I think probably the ones that are the most shocking to us are when when there's something that, that gets revealed about it. Like if Mike gave me a car, right, like I would naturally be suspicious of it. <laughs> Thanks. I'm suspicious when <laughs> most people do nice things for me. It shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would naturally be suspicious, right? And it's not that I'd be suspicious of like, what do you want, right? 
I mean, there would be a part of like, what did you do? Maybe that would be part of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there'd be a, there'd be a level to which like I would sort of naturally be questioning why. Right. But But, then, but, but I mean, that's a relatively big thing. If there's a smaller thing, I might just accept it as like some small good deed that Mike is doing. Well, I mean, my question was like, can we know good without actions? Can we know good without actions? Uh, or, I'm or, trying to. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of a way that you that you could not. Let I'm me, trying to think of a way that you could know good without. Let me change the word action because I don't know if that's the right word. Could okay. we know good without experience? I like action better. <laughs> <laughs> that's not me trying to be. I'm just saying. Because now I got to understand experience somehow. <laughs> it's just me being lazy more than ever. Yeah, it's just like, what is experience? Well, either wake you up or stay asleep. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> um, well, and and maybe that's the the relationship part of of what I'm I'm poking at here, Mike. That yeah, that there has to be some. You can't you can't have a good intention toward me that materializes, I guess, in any way. Like the the good intention is just the the fuel that initiates that action. Right. right. What is intent without action? Like I was think I was thinking about doing something good for you today, but I didn't, but my intentions yeah. were good. It's like, well, <laughs> your intentions were non-existent. They weren't. <laughs> you love your wife. Yes. Part of the way that she knows that is, is how? Hopefully I'm showing her. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. But when you're not showing her, you don't not love her. This is true. Okay. So, so the action helps to reveal the thing that is there, right? I like that. I think that's good. Yeah. The action is the manifestation. The experience is, is the working out of it, I guess. So this the, ex- the experience, I think, comes not just with the receiving of the action or the, or the observing of the action. The experience is now knowing something beyond just the action, right? You could... Let's use sex as an example. It's a, as a purely physical act, it could happen, right? But there might be nothing behind that, right? However, that purely physical act could become something else when, when, it's, when there's love involved, right? So again, this is the interplay between intent and action. Yes. Because the intent with, let's say, lovemaking is very different than the intent with... Sex. Sex. I, that, and I, that's what I'm trying to draw out here. I'm trying to draw out that, like, you could have a good intention towards somebody. That that doesn't become known until the action happens, right? So, again, can we know good without the action? I think we can. So this brings me back to what we were talking about in the first episode, um, or maybe it was the second, with... Good being the positive, right? So we have in the society, we say in our society a lot, well, I don't like hate those people. I haven't done anything to hurt those people. So I'm a good person. Right. And you were bringing up the the idea that we think of good as just being not doing bad. Right. So like, can you actually be good if you don't do good? Like, would it have been accounted (laughs) to Abraham as faith if he just said, okay, God, and then sat there? Well, it wouldn't be being true to yourself then in that case, would it? Like if you have goodness within you, wouldn't it naturally outpour? 
you have love for your wife inside of you and it naturally comes out. It's true. So, you, so again, like you can't really have goodness without action then. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's the conclusion that we're coming to, or at least that I'm, I'm <laughs> stumbling into on my own somehow. You're right. Yeah. I guess I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Malcolm, finally. <laughs> but it's, it's not necessarily the action itself. That is the good thing. Wait, right? it's the result of something. Is it the synthesis of the two? I, I because think, that's yeah. it, see so. Back to back to your definition. Yeah. Uh, it's that which. It's intended toward a true blessing for true, another. True blessing. Um, and you know that really so coming to that is trying to understand. Uh, you know, from a Christian perspective, where I'm, I'm trying to come from, uh, how how do you see the things that God says are good and from Scripture? How do you see those things in a in a way that is succinct, right? And it's there's as best I can tell, always driving toward a true blessing for somebody that might be a true blessing through hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. So it's even in those things, it's not necessarily the actions and the events that are the ultimate picture of what is good, but are a piece combined with like this end of a journey almost. You know, I, I keep using my son's operation that he had last year uh, where he had he had to undergo some trauma in order to ultimately have a much better blessing. So, okay, hang on. <laughs> I think I think I need to I think I need to understand your word blessing. Yeah. Um because that the way you're using it, I don't think that you mean it to be a subjective thing. But yeah, oh, good. But we oftentimes we oftentimes use it as a subjective thing, right? And is that right. why you're adding the word true in there? Right. Yeah. Um, so true implying that there's some, there's some, there's some greater, yeah. you know, Plato's form of what a blessing is. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, that was nice. So I'm wondering, since you decided to bring up the forms, uh, <laughs> Thomas's heart skipped a beat. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love you. I love you. <laughs> Speak more of the forms. <laughs> yes, please, please. Your definition uh, intimately links uh, the good with human behavior. And I agree that like our human behavior participates in that which is good. But would that be an ultimate transcendent good, the source of the actions which participate yeah. in the form? So I guess if I, if I go back and hedge myself a little bit. Uh, if I go and rewrite this definition. <laughs> give me fine. another week. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would actually, I would say that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I am not an author <clears throat> and I am not a speaker either. Apparently I can't talk right now. Um, my, my ability to describe even what I'm trying to, think I sense about these things 
is almost impossible for me to describe without tying it back to human behavior. And that is something that I don't know what to do with. So um, I, I do think that humans tend to have a mixed bag of uh, <laughs> uh, good and evil in our intentions. So I, I don't think that you're going to see uh, somebody who's just 100% pure, like, doing everything from the goodness of their heart kind of thing. Am I answering your question? No. I didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, no, I, I understand. I, I don't think we can separate human action from it either because that's how we – I mean, that's how we discern goodness, really. Like, that's we, – we talked about the need for good and evil to be personified, and the reason that they're personified is so we can see in the actions and life of another person what goodness is or what evil is. I guess my question is, you know, and I, I, I guess I know the answer, you know, <laughs> probably already. <laughs> but is there a good – The good is, is the good coming from us or are we simply participating in it? Are are we asking the question here? Not so much is the good in the behavior as as it is like how we know what it is. Yes. So it's not so much that it is the behavior in and of itself, right? It, as as much as it is the way that we know what that is is through the behavior, right? Which is again sort of what what we were talking about there with the the way that my wife knows that I love her is at least in part because I show her, right? And now that I've spent enough time, like, showing her and that that's been returned, you know, the reason that I don't have to constantly show her and reaffirm it for her is because she trusts in it now. Right. She trusts that that's, like, a piece of who I am. So she trusts that that, that love is there. And I still need to show her at times, and I still do, not necessarily because I'm trying to convince her, but because now it's 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 part of who I am, right? And so the goodness is I think I think our actions can be good. And I and I think that I think that we do see good in people when we look when we look at their actions. And and, and yeah. I think and I think that we want to be good on some level, uh, but that we struggle with it because because so often we end up you know, finding something else that isn't good or, or expressing something else that isn't good. And, and, and just as again, with, with love, right. Love can become something else. It can become a monster, right. And it, and it can become something that to your point, Thomas, with the, with the selfishness issue that was, that was so much, so intimately linked in your definition of, of, of what is good and what is evil. Love can become selfish, right. And it, and it, at that point, I wonder if it be, stops becoming love, right? Uh, I think it. I think it does too, and that's why I think like goodness, depending on the intent, can cease being being good. I mean, it's these things. I think one of the things that is so perhaps frightening about the concept of good and evil is how quickly you can fall to the other side. Yeah, it's you know it is truly a narrow way, and if you're not careful. You know the stray, you know this that stray bit of malintent. Uh, <laughs> it walks a razor's edge. Yeah, and uh, someday I'll make it mine. Um, 
<laughs> Shoot, I know the song. I can't think of it. Shelter now. from the storm. There you go. Beauty Thank you. Walks a razor's edge. A razor's edge. Yep. Someday I'll make it mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and and beauty, beauty. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that on a different episode. That is definitely yeah an axiom. But anyways, um, before I forget, this all unravels. <laughs> um, that's I think that's why we do see that that link between the actual intent and the action, and it might not be necessarily for who the action's for, but mainly for the state of your own soul. So let me bring the, bring up then, because I think that that no, I mean, I, I Mike, we haven't really t- <laughs> talked about. I, yeah, it's, it's well, this is our habit, right? Like, like, like we see a rabbit and we immediately want to chase it. <laughs> well, I feel like his this is his definition has proved the jumping off point for this whole conversation. I still think like we're in the parameters. Yeah, I no, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree, but I just want to make sure that we give. I don't give disagree. it its due. Um, so, the intent piece, like, let's stick with that. Like, let's. Okay. Stick with that as we as we continue to look at, at your definition. So that intent in the in the good, right? I, I and I really I feel like that intent is I think it's blessing that is wrapped up in that in that tent in intent. Blessing really it, it, it sort of implies it it sort of implies like a goodness from one to another, right? It it, it implies like something good for somebody, I, right? Can I amend my definition again? Oh, sure. Why not? A loving, true blessing. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm just going to keep defining it until we agree <laughs> completely. Well, I, <laughs> Until we ask him, what is good, Mike? And Mike just goes, it is good. It is good. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, like that whole, that whole departure into love, I think that, that love is a really good picture of what a, a intent for true blessing of another is. And I think that that is ultimately what is good. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Just coming up with a thousand other axioms to describe our axioms. This is how we this is how we make this uh, show last. This know? is why anybody listens to us because we have a conversation that just sort of carries itself through and and I mean and I'm okay with that. I am. I, I, I really am. Um, this is why all philosophy is just footnotes to Plato because he started rambling on, you know, 2,500 years ago and we're still, <laughs> we're still rambling. Maybe there is a form of what true Plato was a is. rolling stone. Plato was a rolling stone. <laughs> uh, and where he stops, that's where we make our home. Um, so, okay. So the, so the definition, so, there's an interplay of, of intent. There's an interplay of relationship there. Um, I'm fine with you amending the definition. I'll even write it down. Uh, <laughs> a loving, true blessing. That's what you said, right? Yeah, something, okay. something to them. So the, so the evil <laughs> side, because this is, this is something that we've said that, that we're, we're way more at least familiar with, I guess comfortable on some, some, some levels. Uh, the evil side. Say that, say that again because we've... Uh, so I, I look at evil as uh, anything that is intended to cause trauma to another for selfish reasons or for the sake of trauma. And I know that's not exactly what I said before, but it's... But you've you know, amended it. I've, well, I've amended it. Well, and, and I just, you know, like, this is what it is inside and, and it's going to be described in different words at different times. But For the sake of causing trauma. Well, and I see that as a selfish thing. Like so there has it, to be actual intent in the deed for it to be evil. Right. If I if I accidentally backed over you with my car, uh, it would be hard to say that I was evil in that. 
it right. w- it's bad. Like and and there's certainly some malpractice going on. I should probably not be driving if I'm backing up without looking where I'm going. But uh, you know, it's not it's not like oh, I saw Thomas, and I was like, man, I got a minivan. I could take this guy down. Uh, you know that that's evil. You've thought about this. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much, maybe. <laughs> You'll notice I parked right next to you today. <laughs> Why is that piece of tape over your backup camera, Mike? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you won't find my fingerprints on it. I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with the intention part because, well, this is when we talked, we kind of, in the first episode when we linked the good, the ultimate good, you know, with God, that that if there was to be a real objective good, it would have to be transcendent. We said, you know, conversely, evil is the domain of man. Right, like a hurricane, even though it could cause you know a horrible tragedy, it's not inherently evil. Right. You know, like unless you know, Mother Earth has some intent towards us. <laughs> did Did God cause the hurricane? <laughs> right, yeah, that's. that's no. let's yeah. Get out of that, <laughs> Pat Robertson. Um. But yeah, like we see in human actions, real. Evil. Yeah, that's you see. It's, well, God, I was going to say it's the greater evil that we know in the world. I mean, for all of again, you know, not that we want to get, again get into the whole like you know natural disasters does God cause so on and so forth, right? The causality of it, but um, I think that the greatest evils that we've seen and experienced in this world have been at the hands of men. Okay. And I don't mean that. I don't mean like men, men. I mean people. Yeah. Anthropos. Gondor. Right. <laughs> what? I said Gondor. Gondor. <laughs> um, Mike, you can't just throw random. Like, it's got to be connected. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Um, the no, Numenorians did end up following Sauron. I know. Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Have I told you how much I will never watch The Rings of Power? Just wanted to mention that. <laughs> I'm going to go podcast. home and watch them right now. Just I, will never because watch, you <laughs> I will never watch that. Let's, we got to walk away from that okay, rabbit sorry. trail at least for a little bit. What were we talking about? Uh, so the intent, evil. The, the, the evil that we see in the world, the greater evil that we see in the world is through the actions of people. Yeah. By and large, you know, you, you, it's a hurricane we look at and we go, yeah, that's bad. A guy who shoots up a crowd of people with without even you know it's not without it's, any context or anything right it, it's like we want we want there to be a reason we want it to be like oh no 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 he like he had a dispute with somebody and so he was going to shoot them and he accidentally shot these other people like when it's just absolutely senseless that's so much more terrifying to us because it's just raw evil you could almost understand like a single murder because. You know, something happened between those two right. people, right? Like it's, and it's nobody like, would be like, "Oh, that's retaliation." Good. Yeah, right? but you're like, "Oh, I understand." When you're like, "But why would he do that?" Oh, just because he wanted to kill a bunch of teenagers at a concert. Why? Mm. That that is just like trauma for trauma's sake. Because I it, I'm going to get pleasure out of doing this awful thing. So that might be my poke towards the evil thing. Is that I don't know that that the people that um, that we would classify as evil or that we would say that their acts were evil, were doing it simply for the sake of causing trauma, right? So, yeah, okay. And I guess maybe right. it's, it, it's, it's... 
trauma to me seems more as as like the result of something, right? Well, I think usually there's the a selfishness goal. behind it. I don't disagree there. So like I'm 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 causing trauma to somebody else so I can be more comfortable. They might not be thinking in the terms of like I literally I want to cause trauma, but that's what I'm saying. But like trauma is certainly a result. And they could be thinking more like, you know, I want to cause chaos or disorder or I want to just hurt people. I'm, or, I'm angry and it will make me feel better to kill a bunch of kids. Or maybe like the even scarier, like I feel nothing and this doesn't matter. And so I'm going to show the world that I believe it doesn't matter. By making the world feel deeply. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We're not caring about how I look. Um, <laughs> is that a dig at me? Uh, no. <laughs> Here's, we have uh, my... my well, it's the whole thing. <laughs> it's just a whole. It's just, just a whole. You just gesture to all of me. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's just a whole thing over here. So the causing trauma, and maybe it's my own, you know, the way I look at trauma as as more as like a, I don't want to say like a diagnosis, but it, it's it's what we say happened, right? But it doesn't necessarily carry with it the intent. Trauma is a response. Right. Mm. To I'm not malevolence. To, I'm not questioning I'm not what I'm not questioning about your you're talking about evil is I'm not questioning your 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 implied intent to cause harm. Harm might be a better I think that I think that, that seems clear. Um however, mm. does that mean that there's like a different level of evil where it's like well, I didn't necessarily t- intend to cause harm. I just intended to like better myself. I could, I could buy that if there's, I mean, like we, t- I, I think that a lot of people tend to see good and evil as a spectrum, right? Good is on one side. Let's put it on the left side for with purely uh, random. No, Mike, we will keep the symbol. Put it on the put it on the bottom side. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing it left and right. Talk, let's do it with up and down. You are clearly a Rings of Power fan because you are inverting symbolism. Here. I haven't even watched She-Hulk yet. Um, <laughs> it's not even the same production <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> streaming service, Mike. <laughs> we will put good on the right with the sheep. Thank you. Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll put we'll put good. Uh, in the z-axis forward okay uh, <laughs> sure but, i like you know. that either but okay okay let's keep going i very quickly forgetting what we're talking about here we <laughs> a, a squiggled line over here to the, the spectrum uh, yeah. the spectrum, spectrum is what we were talking know. about so so i think that there it's it's probably fair to say that that there are things that are more evil than other things yeah um and and some guy getting a hotel room and firing at a concert is more evil than uh, me wanting to uh, have some peace and quiet and yelling at my kids. That's so, again, this is the difference between what is like bad or even just inconsiderate and actual evil. I'm, I'm not sure that I would write off my yelling at my kids out of selfish motives and causing them emotional harm to be, like, as not evil. I don't know about the, I would, like, are you like, in, again, I say like the intent, because there's times where it's just, I think any parent would, <laughs> We're at our wits end. Would relate to this. It's yeah. like, I'm at my wits end and I snapped and I raised my voice and so, Now I feel guilty. And now I feel like crap. But like my intent there was not, you know what, kid, screw you. 
Well, it wasn't <laughs> going to hurt you. That's it was like you know, it's, and, it's not to it's not my intent isn't to do them harm, but my intent is I'm just covering up for my own guilt right now by arguing <laughs> with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm very open to the fact that like I don't always parent well. I want to, but I fail a lot. Um, so when I I do think that there's a difference between if I am uh, if I make a mistake versus if I'm just selfish and I'm harming my children. You know, I'm not beating my kids, but like, w- when does abuse really start? Mm-hmm. Is it is it when I've made them feel bad simply so that I can have some peace and quiet, or is it you know when I've left a bruise, or is it when I've broken a bone? Like, where does that that actually become evil or is it always evil just only a little bit i don't know if i necessarily agree with an incrementalist view of evil give me the form and nothing but the form right like well so this is so this is like <laughs> yeah yeah um but but i don't live I was in wondering uh, so here's what here's what i was wondering because so mike with your example of the the shooter right yeah we keep using the word good and evil. We're far more familiar with the evil, and yet I think that we use the word good more. I don't think that we use the word evil a whole lot. We don't. And so the shooter, yeah. pe- the shooter piece of it was 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 what got me thinking about this. Sometimes, and, and particularly the part that where you were talking about how how it is that we understand it. Mm-hmm. You know that that you can almost understand. You know, two guys. There's an altercation. I don't know. Let's just pick somebody slept with somebody's wife. Right. And now it's like, now I'm going to go kill that man. It's right? over for you, man. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, that makes sense because we can see a reason behind it. Right. Right. It's still sad. It's still bad, but it's. And I think the end result it. of it is, is that because we can understand it, we don't necessarily call it evil. Mm. You know, it's a crime of passion. Right. And so with the shooter thing, we want to understand it. Like you were saying, we want to know like what in the world was it? Right. And this then falls into the into the public dialogue on it, where it becomes, you know, the fault of the gun companies. It becomes the fault of the video game companies. It becomes mental illness. It becomes uh, all these different things, right? And what ends up happening is is that, and some people do it, but not. But but what ends up happening is is that nobody just stands there and says this was evil, right? Like somebody committed an evil act because we get caught up in the trying to understand it. And so I wonder if, because I would, you know, the, the, the gradations, was that the word you used, Thomas? Incremental. Incre- incremental. Yeah. yeah. I like gradations too, but. Go for <laughs> the it. The incremental <laughs> gradations of evil. Um, the spectrumal. The spectrosis <laughs> of evil uh, is, I think, me, I wonder if, I wonder if part of it is the revealing of it, right? And we we started to talk a little bit about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as our jumping off point, if I may. Do you want to say something? Well, so I mean, would you I talk about you... the re- the revealing of it? Um, that's what this is making me think. Like his question about abuse, or like even just snapping at your kids. Are what we seeing? I think what we're seeing in those things is the fact, and we talked about this with truth. The line between good and evil running through every human heart. 
what we are seeing when we are less than what we would wish to be is, is you know, what, <laughs> what the religious folk have always called sin. <laughs> We're chuckling just because sort of said it with some disdain, but not really. You know, like it's, <laughs> the religious folk. The religious, yeah, right. Like maybe they were on to something uh, for all of human history. That there is, there is this darkness inside of us, and it comes out. So I guess in a way I would be agreeing with you then that like there is that we do see these kind of glimpses of evil manifesting in our lives and maybe maybe and maybe this will have to make me reevaluate my own shortcomings. We're seeing we're seeing it we're seeing it in those little things and maybe they really are evil and maybe it's our fear of being able to say actually yeah that's your evil showing that that's your evil showing. That's a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what makes us rationalize and justify these things. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to uh, seeing seeing the evil in the small things. Um, I think that's the in in a lot of ways that's the way that you can start to like recognize the seriousness of the small things, you know, like the guy who shot up the concert, maybe he was abused as a child and maybe his dad was yelled at as a child. And, you know, like how far back does this, this trauma go to the point where you're like, well, that's not a big deal. But six generations later, now people are shooting up concerts. So it's kind of the, so in in a good sense, right. In a, in the sense of the good, right. If we're go- if we think about like what the ultimate act of good is, right? It would be to like save somebody. Would it be a light on your life for your friends? <laughs> okay, we'll go there. <laughs> you want to go religious folk on yeah. me? The, yeah, the, the, the religious folk always said. <laughs> um, I I saw that quoted as anonymous in Scranton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> on a monument. Really? Yeah. That's a real story. Yeah. I I I don't think I have it anymore. I had it on video. We we filmed it. Well, we gotta he is, get our chisels and <laughs> he is the unknown god. Well, there you go. Yeah, but that's what it said. No greater man has any. No man. No greater man. No greater love has any man than that he lay down his life for his friends. Anonymous. You were like, wait a minute. Sure I actually knew who said that. That's actually Jesus. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. I derailed you again. Uh, okay. So. Yeah, the hero, right? Like the hero sacrifices himself to save somebody. All of us. You know, Superman sacrifices himself to save the world. Batman sacrifices himself to save Gotham City. Right? Iron Man sacrifices himself to, to save undo the snap. The universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but that's that's it, right? Like there's there's a certain mirror there to some <laughs> some people that aren't anonymous. Um, and so. So, like, that's the big hero's journey, right? And I think that I'm, I, I want to work my way to the small things and then see that. But the the thing that nobody wants to do, like, I think in some ways, like, if you want to do good, you sort of, you can get these delusions of grandeur of, like, I'll save my family in this way, right? The I'll, intruder. I'll fight a bear. Right. I'll fight a bear. Uh, we're, we're camping, and I will I will lay my life down to, like, heroically die but, <laughs> but i can't but I'm even not wash gonna... the dishes or make a sandwich or exactly yeah. Yeah. but the real heroism is in the all the little small things it's the it's the, the heroism by a million cuts 
It's the I can't iron <laughs> my shirt. I can't iron my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> can't make my own sandwich. Whatever it might be, you know. And so, in so to your your question about like, is it evil when I snap at my kids? At least in part. And and I think that my experience with religious folk is that the more uh, the more that a person has been walking in that way, the more that a person has been uh, has 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 spent time <laughs> walking that that religious way um, in a in a in a true and in a loving way. I, I would I would say um, it's not so much that they see that their sins are greater; it's that they see that the that their sins are smaller. But in some ways, because they're smaller, they're greater, and they become much more aware of them. And so it's not that like they see, you know, these great big sins. And so I think when we're, when we're younger, you know, we have these like sort of senses of like the, you know, the greatness of these things, but at least my experience being, you know, and I've walked it for a little ways now, not, not nearly as long as others and hopefully not, not as long as I will. Well, hopefully I'll have many more years, but don't stand behind my van oh, today. I, right? Yeah. I totally got that wrong. I thought you meant like you wanted to die soon. Like hopefully not that Maybe. much longer. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it would be better for me to depart. <laughs> Constant uh, listener, this is my last episode. Um, <laughs> we gotta get, we gotta find a new reformed pastor. <laughs> there's a bunch of us. There's a bunch, yeah. All yeah, with beards. They don't all have your charm and charisma though. That's yeah. true. Thank yeah, you. They don't. Welcome. They don't. That's because yeah. they merely adopted the Reformation. Yes, I, was I was born, born into the it. Reformation. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> anyways, anyways. But the small things, right? Like maybe that's in the in the revealing of our of our evilness, do we see greater evil in ourselves, right? And so the knowing of it. So, so here I want to jump off to this. I know I just heard you take a breath. I know you want to oh, say man, no. You gotta let me get this out. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay, okay. So like, I don't mind. Just go ahead. It's like like a, a tar pit bubbling up inside of us. And sometimes, like you see, like through the cracks, right? Like that time you snapped, or you know, kick the dog. <laughs> what, like a bubble of it? Like, fl- yeah, flip the person off, you know, for cutting you off for no reason. That's like there it is coming up through the cracks, and I guess your question like, do we go down and see like, oh, really? That's just a small piece of this greater thing, yeah, which lives within me. You guys, I you made me change my mind, Mike. With Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> no, I I think that's spot on. I I'm gonna have to change my position now. I, I know <laughs> he's gonna like. I I, think, I agree. Like those are manifestations of evil, and our refusal to say so. It's probably more to make ourselves feel better than having to do with, you know, the truth of the matter. It, it just part of So we're, I think our, there was a point here where the thought was that like, we don't call those things evil. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So the knowing of it, that's the, this is the thing, right? And we were talking a little bit about this with your definition of good too the knowing of it and how that at least changes our understanding of it, right? The knowing of it changes our understanding of it. What do you mean? So uh, I'll use the example that we were, we were talking about before we were recording here, that if, if, somebody, if somebody does a massively good deed, like a heroically good deed, right, and we, we think that was, that was a good deed, and then we find out that the purposes for it were entirely selfish, right? Right, yeah. That that now in having known something about it, we 
We admire it less. We don't even, we would, and this was the discussion that we had. We weren't even sure that we could call it good anymore. Yeah. So I don't know why it made me think of him because it's not self-sacrifice, but like Lance Armstrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. Why I don't you... either, but I'm going to run with it. Okay. Like he, you're not, not going to run with it. No. Well, <laughs> I would uh, pedal our way. Um, no, like it was. It wasn't anything like self-sacrifice, but like the the determination, the overcoming cancer. You know his struggles, and then yeah. like, do, you, do you want to refresh my memory? He Lance won the Tour de France for like seven years in a row, record and yeah. record amount of times. I, I knew he was a biker, so he he won it seven years in a row. He had cancer. Ow. Uh, he had cancer. He beat the cancer. Testicular cancer. He beat it. Um, and then one after. And that. one after. Okay. And like, you know, he was just, everyone was like, you know. He was the top of the game. Yeah. He was like, he was the Tom Brady of bicycling, right? And people like, who's Tom at, Brady? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, you know, could look at, look at him and, and be, and say, you know, that's. It was inspiring. It was inspiring. Like, oh man, like he, what, what he overcame and. His determination and his work ethic and. And then it turned out that it was just all steroids. <laughs> And everyone was like, and he was stripped of all of his medals, mm. and people were like, "What a scumbag!" Remember like, the remember the wristbands? I remember the wristbands. Where yeah. are they now? Where are they now? In a landfill. Wait, <laughs> were those the Live Strong ones? Yes. yes, they're right next to the WWJD ones. <laughs> wow. Uh, sorry, I, I guarantee you that there were at least a couple of those that got worn right next to one another. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. But that, in, you know, like his intent was shown. Right. And like. That's a good example. Yeah. And I'm I, glad you ran with that. Okay. Uh, I didn't run. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a good example because cause it's a real life one and because it showed because it showed it shows it it, it, it was revealed and, and, and like the reaction was very strong. Yeah. The reaction in the in the public was very, very strong. Um, if he had given all of his money to orphanages, would it have Redeemed, redeemed him. it at all? Before or after? Before. Let's just make it real complicated. I don't think that it would have redeemed his image, because I, th- I mean, because you know, because he did start the Live Strong Foundation, which was for cancer research when he was doing all before it ever oh, came yeah. out. Okay, like that's what all that was for. So he was doing a lot of uh, philanthropic work. Um, but I mean, could when, you argue that the that there was a greater good that was accomplished by him do, doing steroids, whether regardless th- of what the public thinks? No, actually, I think that's one of the few instances where, like, the unconscious reaction of almost all of humanity <laughs> <laughs> was correct. Like, they, we were acknowledging, like, that deceit, mm. the deceit uh, makes all of that other stuff kind of null and void. Okay, so so hang on here, because the redemption question is a really good one, Mike. Uh, and I, because I think, you know, for all the good deeds that he did, I think sometimes we're willing to, we're willing to accept redemption for somebody if they just confess. Yes. Like if he had come out and, and if he had said like, listen, I want all this because of this and, and I don't think that's right. And I can't, I I'm can't keep that. return these. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to return all of these things. I'm going to continue to do, I'm going to you know, continue to compete. I'm going to continue to do the live strong thing and all that, but I can't, I can't honestly right. portray myself as this thing anymore. Right. Um, and you know, I think that there would be people that wouldn't forgive him. 
that wouldn't have have had that still would have had that strong reaction of, you know, no, that's a bad thing. And I think there are some people that would have said that w- that that would have changed. That would that probably might have even increased their sense of like he's a good person. So what we're talking about is the difference between like trying to buy salvation and actual repentance. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So the knowing of the thing, right, and the revealing of it. Um, I, okay, so I, I want to. I, I, I'm sort of. <laughs> I'm You're little, trying to shift gears, but you keep going. Well, no, you were wrong, talking huh? about how like the, the 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 evil that's inside of us is revealed through the small actions. So were you trying to transfer it to like how good then can be revealed? Yeah, yeah. Well, not just that, but the okay, the knowing of it doesn't necessarily mean that you know what to do with it. Like like he knew what he had done, right? And he knew it was wrong. Well, well most people don't care maybe. until they get caught. Okay, maybe that maybe he's not like a good example to stay with yeah. that. But I mean, I I would actually I would I would challenge that a little bit and wonder like is it that people don't care until they get caught or is it that they, they know and they care? Well, I I don't know, man. Like I like they're having some type of like huge ethical dilemma inside of themselves. Well, I think that there's some cognitive dissonance, uh, and you know, it's like it's almost like you're, you either you're gonna confess or you're gonna get caught, and you just want to put off that confession. I don't know. So I could be wrong. The, let's up the stakes then with that. Uh, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Yep. In his private diaries, he wrote about how abominable slavery was and how conflicted inside of himself he was okay. for what he believed in his owning slaves and like definitely. And so why did he continue to own them? Exactly. Just because of the, so the benefit like, to self. Right. So can we say like, does that ethical turmoil, that inner struggle, does it mean squat if it doesn't no. actually lead you to the good? I think it's the start. It's I think it's the start of the path. I think it's the start. I mean, enlightenment. It might be the start to enlightenment. I would definitely agree it's a start. Um, so I want to use a religious folk example, which... Religious folk? <laughs> I do kind of feel like I should say it with some sort of accent. Um, so the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now that's the biblical story, right? And I think constant listener, you probably know where we stand on that biblical story, at least in accepting it. We might want to just recap that story real quick. So uh, you've got Adam and Eve, the first created beings, uh, human beings put into a garden, into paradise by God, uh, have a a relationship with God and God has given them uh, uh, a place to, to live and to and to be a part of it and to work it and to till it and to even in some way be a part of God's creative work there. And he, and God tells uh, Adam and Eve, don't eat. You may eat from any tree in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, naturally, they, they are <laughs> uh, enticed to, they are tempted to, they do it, and they have broken God's command to them. And for that uh, is the the biblical doctrine of what we would call the fall. They are expelled from the garden 
uh, unable to return, uh, no longer walk with God, uh, and there is a curse that is laid upon them. Uh, and all of creation. And all of creation. Thank you. That story is the biblical story, but that story is one that is also found in, in our world, that there was some sense of innocence that mankind once had and that that was broken through the gaining of something, right? Or through the gaining of... Hubris. All those things, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you can find a, find a parallel in almost every culture. So the knowledge of these things seems to be, in a sense, the downfall of humanity, right? Once I know what's wrong. Well, and, and I would argue that the, the, the point of the biblical story is not simply the knowledge of it, but it's the, it's the broken relationship with God. Right. right, that 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 is the piece that has been marred by it. Well, right? It's like you experience you you know what it is to do wrong because you've now done it. In part, in yeah. part, and I guess maybe that's what we were where we were going with with our earlier discussion. But the knowledge of it doesn't necessarily mean that you know what to do with it. You know that these things are good and evil, right? Right. But what do you do with that now? Stay up all night, rocking think, yourself in your bed. <laughs> I think it's because our natural proclivity uh, tends towards the evil side of things. And it's like inertia. To actually do good is extremely difficult. Yes. I mean, very difficult. That's why we want some type of framework that allows us to feel like good people while we're watching garbage on TV and filling our faces with junk food. We're like, I'm a good person. I don't do wrong. It's like, yeah... <laughs> I have four pounds of popcorn in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gourmet, though. It is. Popping and mixing. Great stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should charge him for that. You should. Um, that way we can be self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought this podcast was good, but apparently... Uh, yeah, so what's your intent? Um, so Our intent is to talk about these things. <laughs> talk about these things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to actually go out there and do good, though... That's why we're so blown away when we see actually good people. Yeah, like, you seem real good. Is it yeah. is it why those stories don't make the news? Is it trouble? Somebody well, once said to me, "Money either." Well, that's true. One of the somebody once said to me, "Like the news is you know new and unusual, right? And yet the usual is bad, is evil. The usual that we hear of is not good." Well, I mean, you can clutch your pearls and be like, "Oh, oh my goodness." Thank God I'm not like those people. <laughs> or, or you, you know, you hear about it and you go, oh, what a tragedy. And then, you know, eat another biscuit. Yeah, change your profile pic. <laughs> Put a flag up around it. <laughs> yeah. Circle. The knowledge of it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that we know what to do with it. And I think that that, as part of this whole discussion one of the things that it feels like we we sort of keep keep coming and bouncing off of here is 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 that we can kind of we can identify it at times right like like even in, in saying the intent that like finding out the intent helps us to identify it but it doesn't necessarily help us to know what to do with it is it that we don't know what to do with it or we don't want to do what we know i think that got a little wordy I know. I think to be human <laughs> is to live in the tension that is trying to figure out what to do with these things 
and uh, and fighting the battle between the apathy or evil that I might be more inclined to do when I know the good. Like once I've once I've finished that a struggle between okay this is what's right and wrong in this situation. Now there's a new struggle. Am I going to do the thing that I've decided is the right thing? And I know that I just used a very, very, like, individualistic approach to this good and evil, but... I think, actually, that's perfect, because what we're really wrestling with is, again, I think, selfishness. Am I going to live for myself, or am I going to live for others? Yeah. Because if I'm just going to live for myself, then I do whatever I want. And good and evil don't really need to come into play, because what's good is what makes me feel good. And it makes me feel good to do nothing and ridicule people online and to run through <clears throat> countless girls who I don't actually care for. And, you know, but someone will say that it actually, and try to convince you that the way to actually feel good is to do good. Yeah. I've, that would be great. I haven't experienced that necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is this, I will agree. There is a sense of, There is something, there is a fulfillment that you, comes. I think you have experienced it yeah. when you help somebody. But there's like, I've never, well, very rarely, because I am a horrible sinner, do I go into it like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I go in like, I don't want, like, I don't want to do this. But I believe that this is good. And so, like, I have to. And there's other times where it's like, I don't care if it's good. I'm, I, I'm burnt out. You know, and that's because, yeah, these, these things live inside of all of us. I am not a saint. But I find, at least in my own life, that it is an actual struggle to do good, even when I know what it is I should do. So if the, if the thing about evil being seeing the seeing in our lives those small things, right? And it's like, at one point in time, we think that evil is this big, horrendous thing. And this is why we kept talking about Hitler and the Holocaust, right? Because it's such an easy example. It's huge. It's horrendous. It's awful. It's on the farthest back Z index of evil. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it definitely is. It's as far left as you can go. (laughs) It is crooked. It is crooked. It is a crooked thing. And, but then as you as you have these things more and more revealed to you, like you begin to see like those small things in you. So what if the, what if the opposite is true? What if the practice of good in our lives, I'm not saying that it necessarily becomes easier, but we're able more and more to identify it and be able to see it in small ways in our lives. And so therefore it's not simply that like I have to go out of my way to help this person I have to sacrifice a paycheck for them. I have to sacrifice an afternoon to give them a ride somewhere or something like that. But now it's like, now I can do some small act of good in taking the trash out in that kind word to my children to build them up, right? And so those small acts now become the things that we are far more familiar with. I think... That definitely everyday life is the training get, is a training ground for true goodness. Absolutely. Like it'd be great to think that you know when the moment comes, 
you'll jump on the grenade or, you know. Step in front of the train. Step in front of the train. <laughs> but Try to envision the scenario where that accomplishes something. Well, this is. I'll a, stop that train. <laughs> you're, you're pushing somebody else out of the way. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, you know. Stop, train. Stop. <laughs> <Yes>. like, what? <laughs> so, you know, that's why there's this, this thought, you know, in the practice, practice of asceticism that you have to be a martyr every day. That I thought you had to be a missionary every day. <laughs> you have to live your life. You have to live your life as someone who's willing to lose it. Hmm. And that, you know, you practice these things which are good. You practice the good on the most minute scale so that, you know, God forbid the moment does come, like you have, you have trained yourself in virtue. And, uh, and like for most of us, that's probably like the most virtue that we'll ever really <laughs> like need is to just be a good person. To just take out the trash. In the little things, right? Like most of our... It's have, the most accessible. It's the most accessible. It's We have things relatively good here in uh, this country. I mean... It's, it's also... Um, how do I want to put it? I think with maturity in these things too you begin to see the importance of them, right? Like, why do we not do that? Do them? Partly because they don't feel like they're important. They don't feel like they're big enough. They don't feel like they're heroic enough. They don't feel like they're, they're a big enough good. And this, is, and this is, like, I take issue when people are like, we need to change the world. I'm like, just... Change yourself. Yeah. Like, the world is too big. <laughs> I'm small. Like, I can't change the world. I wonder if this is because we have an inflated sense of self. Oh, yeah, but I don't know that that's is one causing that the other, or is one correlated with the other. Yes, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but that's a true statement. We have an inflated sense of self, absolutely, and so humility, I think, leads us to to those two places of of seeing those small things, seeing the evil in the small acts, and seeing the good in the small acts too. Um, and then, and that in that humility of ourselves, we see the greaterness of those things. And so those, those evil acts become far bigger because we're made so much smaller. And so we see them so much bigger and those good acts that are small, we see them so much greater because we're small because now it's, now it's, it's, it's a, because of the humility in my own life. I see that like in taking this trash out, I get to bless somebody, right? Like in giving of this small thing, like I get to, I get to bless somebody to use, to use your, mm-hmm. your, your, uh, analogy, Mike. So I was right. <laughs> don't let it go to your head, Mike. Yeah. Don't get, I'm the don't best get an inflated guy. sense of self, Mike. <laughs> it also <laughs> leads us to do more good. Like, I really believe that goodness is something that we have to be trained in. I don't think. Trained in how? In a religious sense. Or, you know what, like if you want to be like a Stoic or something. No, no. They practice virtue, but they're, it's still in a religious sense. I was trying to think of our secular friends out there. There's a, there's a, self, there's a, a discipline to it. You should be religious anyway, secular friends. <laughs> they are. They just don't know it. It's, this, is, this is true. Everybody's religious, whether they realize it or not. So what I mean in like training yourself to like do good is like consciously practicing those things which you know to be good. Like 
you have to do them. Like you, like okay, like get your house in order, right? <laughs> you can start there. Control your speech. I mean, St. James, right? Yeah. You know, it's a restless evil. So yeah, it's it's you know he who says he has religion and cannot bridle his tongue, his religion is worthless. Uh, you know, like you put a bit in the horse of a mouth, and by a small instrument, you can get the whole body to turn. Like these, there's, and it's all over the place. I mean, like we have a wealth today. Like we have devices in our pockets where we could just like click on and have every single spiritual text ever written at our fingerprints, and we could look at these and seem like, wow, like these are all saying the exact same thing. Like when it comes to practice, I mean, I'm sorry, but like the practice across the world, they are all extremely close. I don't, I don't disagree with the goal of them. Yes. Is the oh, thing that I would call goal, into question. The goal is different. Yeah. But for someone who's trying to get their foot in the door about maybe trying to live a virtuous life, like. So the thing, the thing that I was thinking of, my, my question in asking, um, train how was like, what is the, what is the method of training? Um, and my, <laughs> my answer to my own question was, Find somebody who's virtuous. That's a good point too. Finding a guide, like because I think if we're just left to our own devices, um, we're you know we're, we're left without a map, or at least knowing how to read a map. I mean, we might you, we might have the have the spiritual text like you say at our fingerprints or at our fingertips. It's uh, funny that you both said fingerprints. Did I? Yeah. Well, he, you both did. That's. Uh, anyways. Keep going. We might have the spiritual text <laughs> at our fingertips. It's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> yeah. We might have them, but we don't necessarily know what to do with them. So they're like a map without without having any sense of reference to it. That's very We true. don't know where we are, and we don't know where we should be, but we can see it, right? And I guess that's my point about the knowledge of good and evil. We have it. We sort of instinctually say, that's good, that's evil, Right. And we can disagree on, on a lot of the permutations of it and a lot of the spectrumologies of it, right? And with the axes of it and all of those things, right? But we can still at least have some sense of saying, like, good, evil, right? So I wonder, too, then... But we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how to... And we don't know... We don't know how to move from one to the other all the time. And we don't know how we got in one or the other all the time. So I wonder, too, then, if this is why you need to orient your life towards the absolute highest good. And mm. if there is no concept of an absolute highest good. You need a goal. Yeah. You need a goal. Cause you're right. You know, like I read those things, you know, for years and I did know instinctively, like, okay, like no matter what religion I seem to be studying here, this is before my conversion. I'm being told to control my thoughts. I'm being told to control my speech. I'm being told to pray, meditate, um, study. I'm told to like do good deeds and all these things. But it was impossible. I didn't want to do it. And so the question I guess I would hazard, you know, to, you know, stop even any pretense of being unbiased would be... <laughs> Can you be good without the giver of good? 
can we talk about goodness and living a virtual life without the divine and without orienting our lives towards the divine? What do you mean virtual? Virtuous. I think you meant oh. virtuous. Oh, I'm like, all, well, wait. All types, of, all types of weird, weird things going on here. <laughs> Tie Sh- boss. Short answer, no. To your question about can we live a virtuous life without without God? Yeah. Um, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. That wasn't exactly... Was that exactly your question? So I use the divine to still try to be... Well, I... More open. Let me... Let me not affirming, just open. Not, definitely not <laughs> affirming. So, so do you mean... Um, the way you phrased it, without... Because you didn't use the word divine. I mean, you you used the word divine in the mix, but it was it was something about like a... Can we live truly... Of, a, a truly virtuous life without orienting our life towards the divine. Okay. I'm not like, thinking of it differently. Because even, you know, like I brought up the Stoics. Like the Stoics were practicing virtue because they were trying to orient themselves to the Logos. They had a different idea of the Logos than we have in Christianity, but that was their thing. They were not like... It, so the, it so wasn't just a modern... A bigger... It wasn't just some form of ther- therapy. So that's the th- that's the thing that I think that we'd have to we'd have to be willing to say something along the lines of the divine being for some some people they would they would think about the divine as like the higher goal. I think that they would think about the divine as like that thing which again, you know, to kind of use your own your own definition, the thing that calls to them, right? Well, that's yeah, like that's why like I cringe every time I hear Peterson talk about God because he's like, it's the amalgamation of the highest good and that which we direct our lives towards. Like, well, he is a person, right? Right. <laughs> like, even if he goes beyond any concept of personhood, and well, I'm also not being anthropomorphic out there to anyone who thinks I am because that's not God. No, no, but and 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 you know, religion always sort of personifies personifies the divine, right? Yeah. I mean, I think... I mean, they're not just a... They're not simply a set of rules, right? They were given. Or they're an expectation. Right. Or they're, you know, an ordering of our lives. You know, and so... And they're they're after a pattern of a, a, a being, right? And so, so this is... A, to come back to the good... You know, how do you train? I think you find the person. You know, you find the person that, that trains you in the good. And... For a lot of people, you know, that first person hopefully is a parent, is is a a parent, not um, a parent like like it's it's obvious to them. I might, mean, might might be asking a lot of stuff today. <laughs> well, maybe that's a maybe that's another problem. You know, maybe that's another uh, piece of the problem. Are you saying we all yell at our kids? <laughs> we do. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to find the person who's never yelled at their kid. Oh. I don't know. I've, Without I've, an aneurysm forming. I've done a number of funerals where that's the, oh, they never, they never raised their voice. We've already talked about this. Funerals are the time to lie. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but to, to find the person, right, pattern to, that you pattern your life after, I think that's the thing. And, and, and ulti- like in a religious sense, we're trying to pattern our lives after 
the divine being, whatever that divine being might be. I mean that, but like in a in a in a religious understanding, like that's what you do. Yeah. Right. And so, um, if we're going to pursue the good, we need to see the good in somebody so that we can say that's what it looks like, and I can begin to I can begin to pattern my life after that. And it's not until I've done that that I like a, you know in a sense apprenticed myself that I can in any way sense say okay now I think I can make a good decision. So I wonder. Oh, did you have? I jotted some stuff out, down about atheism, but I, I, we can come back to that. All right, so <laughs> let's go to that after. Okay. Because this might tie in with it. It's like I wonder if one of the reasons that like we see this kind of decay in relativation, relativization, and like this not knowing what to do is because we don't have stories in our culture about these, let's say, traditional heroes anymore. Like, we have to invert and subvert everything. Like, there's no... What do you mean when you say well, invert like, and subvert? So, like, there's no grail. Well, the Green Knight was a great example. Okay. Like, the, the movie. Like, the Green Knight was, you know, a tale of, like chivalry and folly and like humility and and uh you know Gawain he facing something yeah facing something and he like makes mistakes and he owns up to him and blah 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 and he wears ends up wearing the girdle as a sign of humility because he lied um the movie is just like it just tramples on any traditional trope of of chivalry and mocks it and you know turns it on its head and so, like, I mean, that's, like, might be great, I guess, for the director, for these scummy modern times we live in. But, like, <laughs> you're not giving anyone anything to actually look to as an example. I mean... We, we have a lot of stories that, that explore the, the depth of human depravity. Yes. Um, there's a lot of stories that that explore that without a lot of hope of redemption on the other side. Oh, and we turn those people into our heroes. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, what was it you that mentioned this about the Joker and Harley Quinn? It wasn't My, me. It wasn't you. Okay. I don't think so. Because there were people who were, who were like idolizing them as like, Oh yeah, you know, that's us. But, um, Oh man, I'm losing my reference completely. But basically the, the person behind, uh, you know, take suicide squad or something. Uh, was like, no, this is not for you to look at and emulate. This is for you to look at and be like, how awful. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to be that. Um, but I, I, it's almost like we've been trained. We haven't been trained. We haven't been trained. That's the problem. Uh, so we look at stories and our assumption is always to put ourselves in the main character's po uh, position and experience it as we're the main character. And... So, like, The Green Knight, I, I've never seen the movie. So maybe it's completely not, but, like, that could be a challenge to our approach to things to say, like, what about this? You know, basically my job here. What about this? You know, what, what if what if it's completely flipped on its head? What if God is evil? What if God is a turtle? Uh, you know. It's turtles all the way it's down. Turtles. turtles all the way down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um but we, we have a lot of those stories and I – sometimes I enjoy like the 
the anti-hero stories, the, you know, the story from the villain's perspective, not because I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to be that villain. But I know that there are people who are watching and they're like identifying with that villain and being like, oh, that's me. I'm Cruella DeVille. Yeah. I think it. I think it. It's the the knowledge piece, right? It's. Mm-hmm. I think it's the. You know these things, but you don't necessarily know what to do with them, right? And so, so you Thomas embrace is, I'm the villain. What's that? So you embrace I'm the villain. In in a way, in a way. I mean, there and the, and let's face it. Like there is something that is appealing about it, right? Like it's vigilante justice. There's something that is appealing about that. Mm. The appealing thing about it is, is that you would be get to be the one to enact justice, right? But ordered societies say, "No, there's a process for this." Yeah, it's going to take twelve years and six months. But there's well, a that process might be for a, it. <laughs> that might be a society that is a little too ordered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my point being that uh, I don't know what my point was. No, let me try and find it one more time. Uh, the, the vigilante justice, right? So the, in that sense, like we have a sense of like what is good and what is bad, you know, th- there's a, a goodness to the sense of justice happening, right? But like, but we don't know how to work it out. Mm. And so we try to do it under our own strength. We try to do it in our, we try to take it on our own hands and, and we end up twisting it. We end up... We end up causing harm. Well, yes, whether it be to somebody else or to ourselves or both, yeah. but, but that's what we end up doing. And, and I think, you know, when we were talking about doing good, doing evil, uh, I, th- I think that one of the troublesome things about our world is, is that it seems like every time that we try to do good, that we end up seeing that it's tinged with evil. It's almost like there's a law there. A law thinking or a Saint, reality. Thinking of St. Paul. I find that a law that when I seek to do good, evil is close at hand. Oh, yes. Yes. And so, I mean, if we're going to do good, we need to know what it, we, we really do need to need to see it in, in somebody, in some place and be able to pursue it in that sense. Um, So I'm assuming that like your comments about like atheists that you wrote down were probably. Atheists are good people. Like being able, them being able to do good. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I think... Um, so this is why, like I said, like I asked a question earlier when we were talking about your definition. Like, is it coming from us or are we merely yeah. participating in it? It's because I do think good is transcendent. Yeah. Like God makes his sun to shine on the good and the bad. So I think that all, all human beings are capable of participating in the ultimate good without maybe even understanding what that ultimate good is. But if we're talking about like the ultimate good, like well, it's like to practice it in a way which becomes ultimately transformational and selfific for ourselves and for the people around us, I think you need that orientation. And I think probably perhaps like atheists can orient themselves that way if they have the thing to follow. Right, hmm. if they've read these great stories, or if they have someone in their life, like I don't like I know atheists do good stuff all the time, and I know atheists do evil stuff because that's <laughs> the duality of man. But I still think that they are participating in an ultimate good which transcends uh, humanity. Okay, 
I think that, um, <clears throat> that, yeah, I literally just wrote down the word atheism and was going to just spin that into a question at you. Uh, but I think you answered the questions that I would have. I do wonder, however, like if we haven't had atheism around long enough and we haven't to like see what it can produce mm. when religion is finally stripped away. Well, if it could actually produce a society that moves towards the good. I mean, we kind of have like communists to look at. So <laughs> I mean, we've, that. we've got a lot of religious societies that have moved towards the bad. That's pretty, true. Pretty but we could readily. But we could also say like how much worse would it have been without mm. the, like the rigid moral code that was to be adhered by? Like how much like we don't ever think maybe it restrained a lot more. It's possible. So, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Not say, not I, I'm not that. qualified to answer that yeah. very well. Um, but I mean, I find it very hard to believe how something which rejects absolutes or is based solely on materialism can come up with any type of moral answers that will like hold up to scrutiny. This doesn't. This doesn't feel done. No, I don't think so either. It's but not over, boys. <sighs> it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> it doesn't feel done, and yet I wonder if it's not meant to. I, I don't think that you can walk away from this conversation at any point ever, 20 years down the road, and be like, okay, I understand good and evil, and I know what to do, when to do it, and I'm, I'm golden. Like, I, I think that we talked about it before, like, this is human life to just constantly wrestle with these questions. And um, I think, Thomas, you'd probably, you'd probably, like, I'm probably borrowing this actually from you, that uh, in our culture, at least, we get so caught up in just the entertainment and the, the like, hedonism of an American life that it's easy to push this mental struggle aside and not think about it and uh when we do that we're drawn towards more evil because we're not we're not seeing the evil and, and being heartbroken over it uh you know in i mean yeah if you're not going to look it in the face it's just going to sit there and grow in the shadows i agree but all of that sounds to like say, a challenge mike <laughs> challenge uh i i don't know that that we could say much more than what we've said without i mean we could we could spend 20 years but i don't know that we would gain any real traction so what's next morality moralities that was my thought i think that we've in some ways moved into the realm of morality I think when we ask the question of what to do with good and evil, I think when we ask the question of not just the knowledge of it, but now what do I do with it? I think that leads us to the question of morality. Mm. Um, and I, I think that the, I think that the challenge here is, is one that you just said, Mike, which is uh, wrestle with these things in your life. Examine look at and, and, and see what they are and what they mean, which is in part our whole, our whole intent here anyways. 
and and I guess, and we'll probably talk more about this as we as we think about morality. But what will you what will you pattern your life after? What will it look like? Who will it look like? When the man comes around. <laughs> This has been What Would You Do If We Poke You in the Axiom. We'd like to thank you, Constant Listener, for being with us and for journeying with us through these things, and we will talk with you next time. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or found it challenging, please like and share with your friends. You can find us online at poketheaxiom.com and join the conversation yourself at facebook.com forward slash poketheaxiom. Your hosts were Malcolm Fowler, Thomas Barton, and Mike Dean. This episode was recorded at the Black River Innovation Campus in Springfield, Vermont, and is sponsored by Indelible Inc., a web agency driven to perfect your digital presence.